I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast where we talk about what it's like to be sick. Today's guest is MJ. She was born with a severe birth defect. Let's talk about it. Yeah, we're especially attra- to guests that we don't know. But yeah, but we're just attracted to the scent of our guests. <laughs> oh my god, dude, what are you talking about? Jesus Christ. Don't uh, act like we don't go and smell every <laughs> smell everything once they leave. <laughs> you literally can stop that. Uh, <clears throat> uh, here we are again in the November office. We haven't left. <laughs> Should we I feel like uh, we're yeah, continuity. Yeah, whatever. We're gonna be here for a while. This is our new home for the next eleven weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we're back at it again, downtown Toronto. And Brian was getting real weird, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to transition into the episode today. You smell really good today. Oh, God, stop with that. That's really weirding me out. Really? Well, you, yeah. you you just saying that he's. No, Him telling, telling you that you smell good? No, 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 no. Uh, You're the oh, mic. He yeah, no, he's like, in talking about smelling the guests and shit. No, not the Dude, guests, just the mics. Just the mics <laughs> after the guests. Use. Oh my God, Brian, why are you over her shoulder like that? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's okay, okay, okay. Why are you so okay. close to her hair? Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it smells so good. Oh, Jesus, Brian. Okay. <laughs> Fucking just stop it. <laughs> so today, uh, we're sitting down with uh, our, our brand. Oh, dude, nailed it, right? No. <laughs> our our brand. Jose. I, let me, let me no give it a try. L, I'll try. So I'll try. It's not, I'm not saying L. Do let you want to add the rest of my name to that? Because that's just my first yeah, name. Yeah, what's your. How do we. How do Maria we Jose Bray. There we go. So Jose Bray. Our brand new friend, Maria Jose, Maria Jose Bray. Boy. 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 God damn it. I almost had it. Be- Maria or in English, Jose- Bowie. Bowie. Maria. Oh, Maria Jose Bowie. There you go. Bowie, you know, in, in, uh, in English, English from England, it's a boy. <laughs> Do you see how my last name is spelled? Because it's not boy. <laughs> but you pronounce it Bowie? It's spelled B-O-U-E-Y. So, uh, yes, yeah, so it is okay. Bowie. But okay. for sure, we can just call you MJ. You may. This Sweet. time only. Next time I may charge. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, don't say her name, okay? Don't say her name. <laughs> Just anymore. say Maria Jose. No. This is uh, this is a kind of a cool thing. Uh, we generally we have tons of information on what we're going to be talking about with our guests before we sit down with them. <laughs> really, these guys and and actually me too. Like we we don't know really anything. I just want to say this you is, definitely don't you don't, don't look sick. 
You know, I showered this morning makes a huge difference in my life. <laughs> That's Very great. Big Just clean yeah. yourself and yeah. you'll, you'll look good. Illness gone. I, I didn't shower this morning so that I'd blend in more with all the sick people. Because you're looking. <laughs> That's you're, you're looking, why. That's why you look so jaundiced today, Taylor. Yeah, it has, nothing to, do, it has nothing to do with the alcohol that we consumed last night and the, <laughs> the lower functioning of my liver. So, MJ, uh, what do you what are you here to talk about? What's your, what what are you sick with? Uh, what am I sick with? I, so I'm not necessarily sick with something, uh-huh. but, uh, I was born with a congenital abnormality. So I was born in Santiago, Chile. And when I was born, um, the best hope for survival was sick kids in Toronto because all of my lower abdomen and my spine were affected. So my bladder, my digestive system, my spine, and all if, kinds of affected things. in what way? So is there a name to this? Did, so typically it's called cloacal extrophy or bladder extrophy, meaning uh, Clo- your parents. Cloacal? Cloacal. Cloacal. So the cloaca is the development of the lower abdomen. Um, but I've typically. Never, I've never heard that <laughs> I'm like, I'm, Well, let me explain it and it'll maybe yeah, make sense. So, I, well, I just feel like I know a little bit about anatomy and not, not a whole lot, but I've never heard of the, the cloacal or the. Right. So birds have a cloaca. So it cloaca. means. Cloaca. Yeah. So they yeah. digest in one. So cloacal <laughs> extrophy typically is when the peritoneal sac, so the sac that holds all the organs in place, is exposed. So you're born with your organs exposed. Whoa. Like, is Whoa. the sac not? there or is it just no it just your abdomen didn't seal in my case though that was the closest diagnosis I was not born that way I was born perfectly sealed and healthy little girl Um, but my organs were either underdeveloped or because of the underdevelopment were having side effects so my bladder had stopped growing at about four months in utero um, and therefore causing reflux do you remember when when uh, you were four months old what did that feel like when I was born or in utero. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What in was your, it like so in utero? It was in utero. really peaceful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was my like kidneys a kicked tank. a little bit. Yeah. So it took a little bit for you to actually those, feel um, the effects. Those sleep deprivation or those, those sensory deprivation sensory tanks. De- yeah. I was in one was last week. Okay. And it was amazing. Have you ever done it? No. I, mm, Are you a little, eh. a little claustrophobic? Nope, not at all. But mm, just a little gross. People's out. bodies floating in one tub. Ah, oh, come time on. Get over it. That's it. There's like chemicals in there. Just Yeah, nah. Yeah, like, yeah, you don't, you, and you try not to drink too much of it. Like, like it, you know. what are your feelings on a bath at home, and then uh, like going back into it three days later, if it was still sitting there? Yeah, Stagnant. but that's not how it is. <laughs> they clean yeah, it they, and stuff. There's like crazy shit being pumped through that. It's yeah, like yeah. A, it's like a hot tub. It's circulated it's like water. A, yeah, it's like a hot tub at the. Um, no, it's better than that. <laughs> I know. I know. I was trying to think of the gnarliest place a hot tub could be <laughs> at, like a really, really underfunded YMCA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Why was I thinking? Why was I thinking YMCA too? <laughs> the, the Y was the first thing that came to my head too. But I was like, I don't think they have hot tubs. I think that's racist. <laughs> <laughs> Is that racist to the Y? I think so. <laughs> Is YMCA a race? In my I think it's a cult. <laughs> really? I'm, I'm pretty sure. People that are like Y goers, they're very like. Oh, you're hardcore like, Y. No, oh, you it's go a to culture. whatever other gym. No, I have a gym in my condo. It's free. Mm. Oh, I go to the Y. I go to the Y. Oh, so you're I, that person. Yeah. I, usually, like, I go to the women's Y. I used to like the YMCA that I went to because. Uh, it was one of those gyms where people oh, are actually there. Are you trying to fucking convert us? Dude? Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking. I told you. Yeah. Shut up for a minute. <laughs> one of those gyms that you go to and people are actually working out instead of like taking pictures in the mirrors. And there used to be these these big guys that were jacked. And I swear to God, I don't know. It was like they were working out with chains all the time. I don't know. I don't know where they got them. They just look so bad. They're just wearing right? chains. And they, and, 
like, they would be big, there. Thick chains. And they, like, they got like veins just bulging out everywhere. And they walk over and they'd be like, all right, buddy, you fucking got this this time. You fucking got it. And they would just make it. I like, would have looked at him and been like, no. Oh, yeah, dude. I, it was I, the, the one I went like to. This? I thought the, the one I was... went to. It's the Y in Dartmouth. <laughs> So. Guys, okay, let's bring it back in. So you were in utero, and your your <laughs> organs around. got fucked. It's a fucking had, great gym. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you had reflux. At, uh, and all kinds of different. All kinds of shit was going on. Stuff. So yeah. when I was born, they knew I was coming sick, and uh, oh, so they could. Th- they, there was like a pre-screening process. They knew. Yeah, they this test baby's everyone. They do a few interviews first. They run my driver's license. I don't know why I keep picturing you as like so sophisticated and like having this wherewithal when you're in utero. And I feel like they just like take a, it's her glasses, a styrofoam. It's, it's a the styrofoam. glasses. You know, I'm blind, actually. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. It's like they just have like a styrofoam cup with a rope on the end and put one end to their ear and one end on That on sounds your mom's really belly. sophisticated. Isn't that, that what they do the in, Chi- in Chile? Chile? That's how they interview in you. In Chile. Chile. And they're like, uh, are you okay in there? And you're like, nah, I'm kind of underdeveloped. Yeah, I think I'm, guys, this is, okay. I'm pulling Brian. Let's reel it in. Let's reel it back in. So, MJ pops out as a baby. Then what? She's like, guys, I think I'm underdeveloped. Oh, dude, Brian, shut Brian, the fuck Brian, up. We've established this, Brian, okay? Shut your mouth. I'm cry laughing. <laughs> No control. Okay, okay. Okay, Cry over everything. Um, no, so when I was born, I was coming critically ill, essentially. Um, so and I they, had a few, they knew this had like they, they knew ahead of time. Well knew. Exactly. So I was born in a clinic in Chile because everything's private, like in the U.S. So a German clinic for the best type of medicine, hoping. And uh, after a few surgeries, they said, "You know what? Your best hope for survival is sick kids in Toronto." And oh, holy uh, shit. my dad had studied here and had become Canadian way before. So you could have died. Like um, you were, re- you were. I could in- have. I didn't want to. <laughs> but yeah, the risk is there in the sense of their technology is amazing. So German medicine is amazing. And so is their automotive uh, abilities. Yeah, their engineering it's true. It's great. Yeah. Prowess. Good They're good at a lot of things. Uh, but uh, the on. cost is astronomical. So it's private. It's private, just like in the States. So if you okay. don't have the funds or the proper insurance, and especially in those years after a political dictatorship mm, right. and such, um, you, you run into a few problems. So by the time <laughs> I was eight months old, we were flown, my family and I, my dad came a little bit before and uh, straight to sick kids. And your dad, is, your dad was, is, was already Canadian at the time? From studying From here, studying. yeah. He had lived here and studied here so for a while. So was he a so. citizen? Or uh, he had become he'd become a citizen. Yeah, sweet. So, yeah, and then uh, we arrived at Sick Kids, and since then I've had over fifty major surgeries at Sick Kids. Whoa! Holy Whoa. fucking shit! <laughs> um, and all kinds of minor surgeries. We don't count minor ones like kidney removals and such. So. Kidney Sorry. removal is a minor. Sorry, what? Yes. Whoa! 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 Okay. So what's the major? Whoa. Um. I've had spinal surgery to release my tether cord. I've had two living donor kidney transplants. One was my mom in 2001. And then three years ago, I had my second kidney transplant. But you look like you look... Like I don't believe nothing you. is wrong with you. Showering, I'm liar. telling You're you, a makes a liar. huge difference. <laughs> yeah. yeah, showering. You full of shit. Okay. <laughs> right? Jeez, I don't even know where to where to. Okay, I know where to start. Yeah. So, <laughs> so okay. So when and when ask. You, yeah, when you when you say 50, 50 major surgeries, yes. do you mean like were most of these happening when you first arrived here, or are they ongoing? Throughout like, my so three years ago, I had uh, my second kidney transplant at in the adult system now. Um, 
six months ago, I had full digestive surgery. So not even six months. How, at the how end old of mid October, I'm 28. Okay. Oh my God! Wow. So is I this look 11 on a good day. So it's great. Yeah. <laughs> is this is this routine? Like they 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 know like for example, the next time that you're gonna have to go in and get surgery, is this all scheduled or is this like shit has come up and all of a sudden you have to go in and get surgery? So I think in the medical world, one of the things that people may misunderstand or may know is the more critical the case typically is the times that they don't want to touch you. So most of my surgery is often seen as something, a necessity versus a wanting to plan something. Um, For something like renal failure, of course, you have to hope for the best and hope there's A, a donor involved, but B, you want to schedule that and you want to plan for a successful outcome. Um, What's renal failure? Kidney failure. Okay. Renal. Renal. uh, Meaning like your renal units renal system urinary urinary oh oh okay so renal is like your kidneys okay sure 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 specific just the kidneys okay renal i've never heard these words before so you're healthy yeah well going back going back back to (laughs) kind of uh, dying from cystic fibrosis mj thanks a lot (laughs) i forgot that sorry going going back to uh, healthy not you didn't way. shower this morning. No, I did not. <laughs> it's just, his CF is worse today because of it. <laughs> so, uh, so going back to the thing that obviously I was joking about, you having this wherewithal when you were in the womb, but uh, when, uh, when, when was it that you first kind of started to realize growing up that, holy shit, like I, MJ, have some shit going on that's different than your classmates or your friends? Um, I think it's something that I will, was always aware of. And I always tell people I'm very, very fortunate. I was born into this medical world that I, I know the language and I know the terms and to me it's my normal. So So you do remember being in the womb. I do (laughs) floating in there, just kicking around. Brian, if you don't let that go. Okay. I'm done. Are you, were you born into this medical world because of your uh, uh, do you mean like your parents are no I mean like born you were just, ill yeah, right? like me so, like you were just born it's just it's all you know it's all I know and, yeah. and I tell people I'm really fortunate so I, I I'm also I work with a few charities and and I talk to youth for example at the age of 18 you get diagnosed with Crohn's or colitis it's quite traumatizing in the sense of if these kids have to go through drug therapy or if they have to have ostomy surgery and such yeah. Um, I have two ostomies. And most what does that mean? Uh, so medical diversion is the general term for ostomy. The most common is the tracheostomy for breathing. Have you ever seen that? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, the digestive ones, a pouch on the abdomen or the bag. Like a poo bag. Right. Like, yeah, or, or even a pee bag, right? There's, or even a pee, or yeah. a channel. Um, so it's any type of medical diversion. Oh, a channel would be like, uh, I can't pee out of my, out of my dick. So I have this tube that comes out and I just literally like... Or I can put a tube into this hole on my abdomen. And and then the pee comes out. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like a lot of people who are like paraplegic would have a... Uh, a channel they would yeah. use a channel or they they use a catheter or in a general catheter, be yeah. it through their so urethra you, or yeah, any other sure. so you have two are they on each kidney nope so i have a digestive ostomy so a poo bag or no way because your kidney goes to your bladder you have so one right now so i do so it's oh, a permanent okay. it's a permanent ostomy it is so it's okay. been revised a few times but it is permanent and then i have one called the mitrofenoff so, Whoa! Yeah. That sounds it's German. A type sounds of soup. like the sweetest club. <laughs> Going to the Matrofenoff tonight. I would never go there. <laughs> it's going to be. What is the I be like, people will drown. <laughs> Would they say it's going to be popping off at Matrofenoff? Uh, no. And now we started no one, speaking yeah. Greek, I think. <laughs> so, so, what is the Matrofenoff? So, I have one of those channels, and it looks like my belly button, but I catheterize intermittently. So, it's a P channel. It's a P channel. 
I'm a trophy. I turn it on and off. No, I'm kidding. Oh, I, so. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, interesting. So, yeah. uh, so, so let's talk about Awesomeies for a sec because sure. I, I don't know a lot about it. And yeah. actually, I think you're the, probably the first guest we've had on the show who has a ostomy, let mm-hmm. alone two. Uh, let's talk about the the. Is it a colostomy? I have a colostomy. Colostomy. So yeah. a colostomy. Um, the colostomy, do you know, like, if you are, uh, you know, like... Digesting. Di- or, or, yeah, vacating, like, what's the word for... Voiding. 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 If you're voiding, do you know? Um, I'm aware, and you patients may not be as aware, but um, because, again, I've had it since birth. So, right. to me, this is my normal, so... How do you... Um, do you empty it yourself, or, like, what's yeah. the... Sometimes I'll ask you to help me out. <laughs> yeah, like, right, hey, sure. What are you doing? You bored? Uh, no? how, how do you do that? You just go to the bathroom, I go to the bathroom. I'm probably... You don't have to take it off. There's different kinds. So I think we live in a society where we have to remember we're really fortunate. We have so many different medical supplies available. Fucking crazy. And it's like from the most luxurious to the more basic. Um, When I was in Chile, actually, we didn't have supplies at all. My mom used to make ostomy supplies for me out of rolls of gauze. Whoa. Yeah. So (laughs) coming into a world, again, I always tell people we're really, really lucky in the sense of medical care is hard. I get it. Living a life with chronic health issues is very difficult, and I don't deny that. But I think compared to other situations, we have a lot available for us. Um, Canada is a great perspective. Canada, straight up, is one of the best countries to live in if you're sick. Like, like straight hands down in terms of uh, that's how I feel about it. I mean, Mm -hmm. man, I'm so I'm so fucking fortunate. I don't have to pay a single cent. Yeah. For any of my medication. And I take a fuckload of medication. Me too. Yeah. You know, like that, that's... And you know, the people I'm that so take it for, for that, the, the people that take it for granted, it seems, I mean, you can tell if you just go and sit in the emergency room waiting for, you know, any length of time, it's the people that take our medical system for granted or the people that don't have to deal with things that are as serious as the stuff that you guys deal yeah. with. Right? Like, you know, you go in cause you... You know, broke your arm or you yeah. whatever, and you and you got to wait for six hours, and you you, mm-hmm. know, you throw a hissy fit about the medical system and the waiting times and stuff. But people, when you have something really that is seriously like can be life threatening, mm-hmm. it's like we have we have the best. Mm-hmm. It's the best. Well, it's attainable. I think that's the key thing, yeah. right? and I think it's great, and it is one of the best in the world. Um, just to play like devil's advocate a bit, sure. please do. I think the medical care does have flaws, like any other system does, right. and like Absolutely. any job and yeah. like Absolutely. anything and. Um, will go, for example, for ostomy supplies, they're not covered. And the cost oh. involved in that Here. is huge. Here, they're not covered. Wait, let's There's, talk about that, the cost. What's, so what's associated I with that? I use a ton because I have, A, multiple ostomies, but B, they've grown with me. So And you poop like two times a day, obviously. three times a day. No, but you don't have to, typically, typically a flange, we refer to them as, so like the dressing with the bag yep. um, can last up to 10 days. Some people do 20 days. So like you don't have Whoa. to change it right away because okay. it's like a permanent use, right? Yeah. Um, but some patients, sorry, that's me. <laughs> no, that's some okay. patients don't have that luxury. So I, for example, spend anywhere between five and $700 a week on medical supplies. Whoa. Whoa. Five yeah. or seven a week. Yeah. Are you so covered? It's not covered. It's technically, I'm fortunate. I've like found loopholes and found coverage and I'm oh, okay. very fortunate that is there, but not everyone is eligible, right? Can you so talk you about have, those loopholes? Yeah. You know so of? there's things like uh, yeah, are, Ontario. Are these legal dis- loopholes? They are legal completely. <laughs> okay, so cool. the thing is, when I send in an application, think of it like any medical application or a referral. You send this application in for benefits and you say, hi, I have X, Y, and Z. So is your ostomy permanent? 
maybe it's not. Maybe you have Crohn's and this is a temporary relief from that awful stage you're in because right. there's a flare-up. Sure. So, no, it's not permanent. Um, are you employed? Yes or no. Even if it's part-time, are you employed? It's not like how much are you making. It's not as detailed as one would hope. Mm-hmm. Um, do you pay rent? Do you have children? Do you have a spouse, et cetera, and so forth? So you fill all these it's like, things uh, It's in. like applying for EI. Exactly. It's yeah. exactly the same except a little bit more judgmental. <laughs> sure, okay. Yeah. So Jesus. because it's not considered a necessity, apparently. It is not a necessity to have these medical supplies. That's which, fucking crazy. That's insane, right? Like it's, well, it's much like my cousin gave me a kidney. My mom gave me a kidney. It's considered elective surgery, like having a nose job. So they're not entitled to benefits. They're not entitled to medical leave. They're not entitled to any of that. Well, okay. What happens well, if you I, don't get the thing? Yeah, what happens if you don't yeah. get it? Well, you have to pay for it. But no, no, no. I mean, like, like what, what like, happens to you? Yeah, if, if you, you just didn't have, don't an have a col- an ostomy, I wouldn't be alive. So and how do they? A, do so it's a catch twenty two too, because patients don't see it that way in Canada, um, because again, it's the joys of an amazing system we have. We do pay great taxes, and yeah. we see the benefit of that, though, right? So we see mm-hmm. healthcare come forward, and we we are able to have these life saving surgeries. But you go to states, and you have ostomy surgery, and you wear that with pride because you fundraised fifty, sixty, a hundred thousand dollars to have the best health care you can get. Oh, you go to South Africa and you have kids or anywhere in Africa or Asia or South America and you have kids running around who had ostomy surgery and their moms cry out of happiness saying, one doctor was willing to treat my son. My other two kids passed away. My son doesn't have dressings. We put an elastic bag with a Ziploc bag over it and it's amazing. Man, that like it's hard. It's that's the reality we have. I just don't understand how someone can that fucks how, me up man. I mean because like, I can't that, like that just I I can't handle that like I can't I cannot whatever this is just such, like it's just such a it's just so full of stuff that I I, I think I, I, I'm I'm all flustered now, but I, I, there's so much, I hate that fucking feeling of like being completely helpless to those situations. Like, like how can, how, oh fuck. Sorry guys. Like, like we have the capability and the ability to, to treat people who suffer from things like that. And based on your where you grew up or like where in the world you live you're you get this better care than somewhere else it's not only that i think we take it for granted every day i see uh, be it a medical especially i see it on the other side so the medical professionals i see um often say well this is it i'm and there's this like god complex around it right I was on dialysis for a few years and uh and i would sit in a room with about 30 people who are dying that's the reality of it. Your, your blood's getting transfused and you're there for four to six hours. And again, I'm really fortunate. I not only speak A, English, but B, I speak the medical language. I challenge the system. I'm able to say, no, I'm allergic to that drug. No, don't do that. It hurts. What's or, your background? My background is a patient. I, yeah. That's my background. That's Just growing up in... in I'm my life. own doctor, yeah. Right. And my parents have taught me to be my advocate because I'm an only child. So if they're not around, God forbid, I have to be that voice and that anger and that love and that passion all for myself, right? There's something about that that I find so so daunting and 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 like scary this this idea of advocacy, right? Like patient mm-hmm. advocacy. It doesn't exist. Yeah, and 
so where do you like where do you start right like what, like where do you people like and i'm getting very i'm getting very selfish right now because i'm st- like as a cf patient like mm-hmm. I, I i'm you know you, you just mentioned that thing about fucking kids and mothers in africa and, and you know ostomy surgery like what about uh, it just makes me think about people in those types of countries that live with cystic fibrosis and i'm like how like how the fuck does that even work like but i I think you have to start here i think there's there's a sad reality that we have healthcare in toronto we have healthcare in vancouver Mm -hmm. in halifax in montreal we have amazing healthcare Mm -hmm. but there are places in toronto and there are places in canada where medical professionals don't touch Meaning you have to take a helicopter ride for 45 minutes before you can see a nurse, let alone a doctor. Mm -hmm. And there's places in Canada where patients don't have an advocate and they're the only case in their town or their village or whatever. And parents disown them. And we legally have the safe haven rule. So patients get abandoned under the age of 18 at a hospital the moment they get diagnosed with something. And I was fortunate enough. I had my parents around, but not Mm. everyone has that. You see kids at eight, at 12, at 18, who get diagnosed with CF or cancer or Crohn's or colitis and their parents close their doors and say, I can't. Mm-hmm. What's a safe we haven? Have to start. Safe haven rule is we're legally allowed to leave a child at a medical station, um, so a hospital or an ambulance station, a police station, a fire station, um, and they lose rights as a parent. But I've never heard of that before. That's Whoa, crazy. what? Yeah, That's so you can crazy. abandon your child legally. If, if, it's, if, it's a, if it's at one of those like, it's like safe support institutions. Yeah, exactly. So you're not leaving them on the street. It's not a crime <laughs> because you are unable, like you're unfit or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you won't get, you wouldn't get, uh, you wouldn't get like legally. I don't know what well, yeah, the exact what the details are, are sure. but, but that exists. So I, mean, I, I think guess that makes if sense. If we look because... here, we have to look here. Like it yeah. breaks your heart to hear about kids in Africa. Yeah. But we have kids here that don't yeah. get life saving treatment. And I think the other, mm-hmm. the yeah. other thing that's important. But to, even, to even in is, that is that it's, it's scary. Like that, it's, it's so, it's so huge and daunting. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's so easy to get resigned yeah. to that because it's like, well, what can I do? You know, like what I think what you do uh, is what, great. What, what you guys are doing is amazing. I know, amazing. I know, but and it, it seems so little, but it's it's yeah. it's big. It's huge. Well, yeah. you have to you're like exactly like the what's resonating with me is the idea of you know it's hard to it, I know it sucks to think about people in other countries, but we have this problem here at home, and then you think of Canada, and then you're like, well, and we have this you know for the three of us, we have these issues in Nova Scotia, and then we have them in Halifax, and then we have them in. Like the immediate community that's around us, and it it's always like it's always being uh, broken down to like a, a, a smaller area or smaller community. And what what you can do that makes most sense to me is to start at those smallest levels. Well, I think if you talk to your neighbors, and when you started sharing your journey, for example, how many people were like, "I know someone. Mm, yeah. I know someone. Right. Yeah. I exactly. know someone, and they're alone." They don't even know, they don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Or they don't have, like, I have a friend, for example, she blogs about her ostomy. Super successful, the most gorgeous girl you'll ever meet. And she poses quite exposed. Sure. So yeah. she has a great body and she shows her ostomy very proud. And, and she goes, you should pose because a lot of her followers now send photos in that are mm. um, showing their ostomy. And it's called the Uncover Ostomy. And it's amazing. Fine. 
I have body images issues, not around my ostomy, but around my weight because I've been on steroids for years and I gain and lose weight every day. I could gain 30 pounds in one day and then lose them the next day. And Mm -hmm. that to me is my issue. Mm -hmm. But that awareness is huge. Like she's doing that not for the body image, not for all this stuff. When you talk to someone and you say, hey, I have this, you have this. If you have any questions or I have questions, we have to come together or people around, be it your friends, your family, parents sometimes walk away grandparents don't want to hear about it mm-hmm. your partner walks away from you like that's that's the reality, that's right. the reality of it. and that yeah. should show i mean and that shows you that shows you the 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 people in the uh, in the environment that you that you need to cultivate in your life and like starting at those at those smallest levels of just stimulating positivity within whatever the community is that you're in you know when we when we started the show like exa- like we talked to friends and friends and yeah. friends and then it expanded it from kind there of spilled and, out from and, there and now now the community that we're that we're ta- trying to tap into for this show is north american wide mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but there's also like it's and it's not just positivity it's it's authenticity because positivity is great but like there's there's very dark sides to these situations that are going on and and it's the I think the power a lot is, is is in being open about your your situation and being authentic because like you said with that uncover ostomy like mm-hmm. that's that's not necessarily what somebody would think of as as quote unquote positive yeah. but it's authentic it's real and yeah. that's what people connect with and that's the message that will help change the way that people think and talk about and I think this. what's that saying like the truth prevails right. Mm. I think it's true. I think be it the dark truth, the hard truth, the reality you live economically, emotionally, physically, whatever that challenge is, you know, someone who has an illness or, you know, or let's talk about regular everyday things. I woke up this morning, for example, and you're really tired and you don't want to go to work. That sucks. Everyone's lived it. You add a health issue to that and it's a little bit more challenging. So everyone can relate. Mm -hmm. And that truth needs to be out there. Some mornings you go to work and your boss is being rude and you wonder like, hey, maybe she had a bad morning or he or whoever. Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. Where did you learn to to have this attitude, or when did you learn to have this attitude? Did you have you always thought this way? You should see when I get mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I don't know if I I don't know. I think do you, I got it from my parents a hundred percent. My parents you, are my world. So. Do you think it's a result of your illness though too? Like, um, n- yes and no. I think I've lived a very unique lifestyle. I think my lifestyle has been um, one of unique challenges and, mm-hmm. and I've seen things that maybe not everyone has seen, but I've also not experienced things that other people have experienced. So mm-hmm. I may not have gone to that really cool rave one day and gotten high on LSD, yeah, but, sure. but the amount of morphine I've had, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. So I think it, it, I think it's very much the way my parents have brought me up and I, I owe my life to my parents. They're mm-hmm. my rocks and they're my world. And I don't think everyone has that amazing support group. And I also yeah. have amazing support group outside of them. Like yeah. my friends and my family members across the world, I have friends mm. that I've never met even that support me. So cool. So coming, uh, go, going back to, that was an awesome little, 
piece it was out good. on like the it, philosophies. Yeah, and all that it was stuff. nice. I, I would like to come back to the actual um, yeah. um, like I, health. Yeah, like so, like the like the surgeries, the and surgeries stuff? and stuff. Yeah. What's so? So fifty surgeries, not counting minor ones, that to me that I would classify personally Super as major. Minor. Yeah, major. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like personally, yeah. yeah. I'm working um, on that. Uh, what's what are the have any complications? Major complications like arisen as a result of the surgeries that you've had? Of course. And what's yeah. like what's it, if you can? I mean, you can do multiple, but if there's one that we've really got fifty, what's out, the biggest surgery you've had? Yeah. Uh, when I was really young, I was I think I was about six. I had an eighteen hour surgery. Holy shit. Yeah. How, like, Jesus Christ. Do they swap doctors? Oh, they surgeons? No, no, what? not necessarily. But you have to remember not all of, for any surgery, the first hour, for example, is like anesthesia and body prep and cleaning right. and blah, blah, blah. Um, but then there's 17 more. <laughs> well, the rumor, <laughs> the story is uh, when the doctor came out to talk to my parents, he had a box, like a liter of milk and was just chugging milk walking out of the OR room. Why no? so, so that he could go take you, a like, nap? replenish some sort of <laughs> yeah. something. I sure. don't know. Uh, I figured it's it like a vivid memory my like, parents have. Yeah. yeah. Vivid, he may just memory. addicted to milk. That's, that's, he's just a milk maybe, freak. Maybe. It was all warm. What was the surgery? He works like best cat. when he's drowsy. <laughs> what, what was it? What was the surgery? I had a bladder reconstruction. Whoa. Holy shit. So they had to take, uh, I, I believe these are the details. Again, I was yeah, asleep, so sure. I don't. I don't know. Right. <laughs> um, but they took a piece of the muscle from my leg, the inner leg, and they had to rebuild like my abdomen a little bit because once you've had so many surgeries, scar tissue is obviously very prevalent and scar yeah. tissue, think of it like moss or something. It just keeps growing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's like very hard to work with. And then on top of that, the muscle doesn't heal properly. So they had to kind of fix all Do you that. get a lot of massage work to deal with? To, to One could only or? wish. <laughs> if only my benefits covered more. <laughs> right, right. Uh, no, I think massaging doesn't affect um, scar tissue that much in that magnitude after a certain point. A certain point, to, yeah. <laughs> did did you have it. like a, a graft? Did you get like a skin graft when they removed the muscle? No, so they closed up my leg and took that piece of muscle and put in my abdomen So and worked around it accordingly. And oh, then, that's crazy. Yeah. Have you ever had any surgeries go south, like like real bad? Right. So not I'm, south as in like south of the border, but like I think south as I in, think everyone yeah. knew. What okay, you good. Meant. Yeah, yeah, sweet. <laughs> I was, I was when I said it, I was like, "Is go south the phrase that people use?" That is, yeah. yeah. yeah thanks. You can just kind of make up whatever you want. It's true. Yeah, if you own it. Yeah, like uh, your anger is only your inability to handle the situation. That's a great quote, Brian, and his fucking quotes. Not only yeah. is that an awful quote now, yeah. it's also irrelevant. Absolutely. You should see when I get angry. I deal with things real well. I get really Spanish. I'm like, mm, let me take off my earrings. Hold on. I get real Spanish. That's uh, right. So, yeah. So did you have any surgeries go, like, just shit hit the fan? Yeah. I think a lot of surgeries have had their issues. Um, mm. But it's funny that a lot of the issues I've had have never been emergency situations. I've only had one, and it was actually through treatment. Um, I was on dialysis, and uh, and things went really bad real quick. So... But- what is dialysis? Yeah. So I was on dialysis for organ failure. My kidneys had failed. My sec- my first kidney transplant failed. So I was looking for a second kidney but transplant. But what is dialysis? It's I've like heard the word a hundred times and I don't really know so exactly. So dialysis is a treatment of cleaning your blood, um, doing the job that your organ no longer does. Okay. So what it is, is there's a few different kinds. There's peritoneal dialysis, which is in the abdomen. Again, going back to that peritoneal sac, the sac that holds uh, all your... Right. So what it does is... 
uh, for people that do that, typically it's overnight. You do eight hours at home. You have a drain permanent in your abdomen and it pushes in fresh peritoneal fluid and flushes out the old one and does this over the eight hours, this whole treatment. And then the second type of dialysis is hemodialysis, hemo meaning blood. Mm -hmm. Um, So it filters your blood Mm -hmm. and you have a machine that uh, does the job that your kidneys no longer do. And so the failure uh, or the... the, Kidney failure? Sorry, that you you said that the dialysis there was a sort of an emergency, right? In your dialysis, what what happened? So in 2012, I uh, I was on dialysis and started not feeling well, and unfortunately, I was under about seven accounts of maltreatment, and I ended up in a coma. Over Whoa! A, within 24 like, hours, like misprescribed is that the word? No, or? so. And it's not, again, we have an amazing healthcare system, so this isn't to judge them, but I think we're human. Um, But because I'm young, often people challenge that. You're young, stop complaining. Mm -hmm. Your pain tolerance is going to be higher than maybe a person who's in a worse situation. Until you're like, no, 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 this is not right. And I'm often like, no, no, no. (laughs) So my nurse at the time... um, she was a great nurse, don't get me wrong, but uh, she was one of those lazier nurses. And the complaints began, and I said, you know what? I used to do a lot of self-care, and I obviously am very hands-on with my health care. So I, I told her, I said, I'm not feeling well. I'm going to disconnect. And she's like, you can't disconnect. You can't just stop your treatment. I'm like, I'm going to throw up or something. Like, I feel awful. I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack. And to give you an idea, I run low blood pressure. So normal blood pressure for a person should be like 110, 120 over like 40, 50, 60, kind of around there. Um, so she took my blood pressure and it was like 180 over like a hundred. So it was already quite high for Ooh. a normal person. That'd be like, Oh, they're having like high blood pressure or and maybe at risk of other complications. And you run low. You're, you're I like, run really low. So on dialysis, I could have been like 70 over 32 and I would have been like, Hey guys, still alive. Sure. They're like, mm, this is barely, you should be dead. dead. <laughs> yeah. They're like, there's no pulse. I don't know. So I was complaining and, and that kind of escalated. So I disconnected, went to the washroom, kind of freshened up and tried to see what... You took, just, took a shower. Took, took a shower, shower in the washroom, like, in the oh, sink. I'm, I'm just, better. Came yeah, back exactly. and they Showered were like, oh. and I was cured. Little <laughs> <laughs> do you know, showers you, give you uh, organs. Sorry, you disconnected yourself? Like you just... Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you guys a video later. your machine? No, so I had a central line. So I had hemodialysis with the blood. So we do a pushback of most of your blood. It starts going back into your system. You do a flush. So it takes like two, three minutes, sometimes more. <laughs> don't get sick or anything. No, I'm fine. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> don't get dizzy. Um, and then you kind of clamp things off. And, and I went to the washroom, tried freshening up. Nothing and really was happening. you just did that on your own? <laughs> Going back like, to that, yeah. Okay. All by myself. I also start my own IVs. She's very hands-on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's okay, so I, before, before we continue with this part of the story, <laughs> I just want to c- come back to that patient advocacy thing. Yeah. Uh, like, do you feel like you are running a risk of... of of having a lack of education or a lack of expertise in these in these certain areas because obviously you have a lot of experience with it but you 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 don't have that that medical background so is there a risk at at kind of saying I just need to pull this right now and and go and you know take a break for a minute is right. there a risk so there's always going to be a risk I think but I yeah. think I'm, I'm going to say this again very lightly because I believe in my healthcare team and I, I truly love them and I wouldn't be here without the help that they've provided me and without mm-hmm. the amazing success that they've had in my treatments. But I think there's also something to be said about the human body. Yeah, no one, knows, it, you, no one knows 
yourself like you know yourself. And the other thing is like, for example, pain tolerance. If Mm -hmm. I were to pinch you, you'd be like, oh, that doesn't hurt. If you pinch me. I'm kind of a baby. um, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But do you know what I mean? Like I know when I'm not feeling well and I know when my body is being challenged in a way that I I can't handle. I feel Um, like people who who grow up uh, kind of like all you know is illness, mm -hmm. right? I feel like there, and and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like there is this, almost this deeper sense of uh, physical awareness, like a a deeper connection to, a deeper like kinesthetic sense. I think there's two types of patients. I I always say this. There's that type of patient, Mm -hmm. obviously. The patient that's kind of like the Mm -hmm. (laughs) know-it-all. We're we're slightly proud of our healthcare knowledge, and we often refer to ourselves as doctors. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just like, oh, hi, Dr. Bowie. Nice to meet Mm -hmm. you. Um, And then there's the other patient that is invisible. Mm. So they challenge the system. They won't take the meds, and somehow they're still successful. And they don't believe in their bodies crying for help, and they're like, no, it's fine. Mm -hmm. I'm good. I'm good. That one time worked, and never again. Um, so I think there's two types of patients yeah. some that are really overly aware and choose to be. And then other patients choose not to be. I have friends who are 30 years old and married and they still don't know what meds they're on. They get them pre-packed at shoppers and call it a day. Mm-hmm. I think I'm somewhere in the middle there, right? Like I have this very deep awareness within me to go like, I know something's not right mm-hmm. and I'm going to, I'm going to say something or I'm going to do something. But I also am, am you know, I just kind of go with the the flow of it. Like we were at clinic the other day and they're like, are you taking this med, this med and this med, which I'm supposed to be taking. And I'm like, not really. And You're like, you they're know, there. They're, they're, yeah, they're there. I just, I don't know. I just, I'm a little too lazy to take them or whatever. I'm, I'm taking I think it's them. also the way it's pre- like, like presented to you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Lazy nurse. So, lazy nurse. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so you freshen up. Um, I freshen up, still feeling shit, start getting uh, <laughs> pains in my abdomen now, and I'm getting like kind of like those liver pains when you go for like a run or something, and you're like, mm, I don't know, something's weird. <laughs> um, so I start getting pains, go back on dialysis, things just get really bad really quickly. I call for a doctor, and they're like, oh, the doctor's kind of busy. Like, you really want to bother him right now? Yes, I want to bother him. Uh, I want to harass yeah. him, actually, and tell him to fix me. Um, so she, this, the rules are you're on dialysis. You're technically admitted in hospital, even though you're not permanent. It's just in case of emergencies, you can be transferred up to a unit. Uh, instead I finish my dialysis session of four, whatever, and a bit hours. And she takes me to emerge, um, and leaves me in the waiting room, but takes my chart with her (laughs) and goes on break. So I'm sitting in Emerge in mm. pain. So that's kind of like the second hiccup. The first one would have been to get the doctor on the unit like right away versus let it Not, be. Yeah. And also report high blood pressure. So even if you came in with high blood pressure, it could be a risk of aneurysm, seizures, heart attack. Like there's so many things involved. Even it could be drug overdose, like whatever, yeah. it, you know, it could be anything, right? So she's really fucking up so far. So she's doing great. She's yeah. really well. Yeah. Um, you should just go to the triage nurse and be like, my pain is on a, uh, on the scale of 10. It's a 10 and uh, I've got tightness in my chest. Those two things always immediately you get to see have a doctor. You, have you been to a hospital recently? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, I've, like I've literally been people. like, guys, I have X, Y, and Z and I need to see a doctor now because I'm going to collapse. And they're like, oh, it's going to be yeah, a seven day wait. But they have you flagged because... <laughs> yeah, they're like because problem. Like, she, yeah, MJ's the one a, who just MJ's deep. a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Pretty much, they're like, mm, that's the one that steals the IV poles. <laughs> yeah. So, so how long so, did it take to see somebody? Well, I ended up spending the night in emerge, critically ill, waiting for a bed, um, and I was given morphine instead of hydromorphone. So, there's a key difference to that. When you're a dialysis patient, I'm not able to filter my blood. 
So anything you put into me, be it an oral drug or anything, can't leave my body. So they have to pick the right types of drugs or else I overdose. And I'm at high risk of overdose. Whoa. Oh my God, Very high risk, right? Because you're not producing urine at this point. Typically your organs failed, so you can't pee. Um, So you have drugs floating around, meds. If I ate something, if I drink a cup of water, that cup of water stays in me until my next dialysis treatment. So you're on fluid restrictions, like all kinds of stuff. So morphine comes in to deal with the pain and people just know something's wrong. My mom sees me and for me to be like, mom, like really, I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack. I was like hysterical. After that, I don't really remember because I was overdosed on morphine. Oh my God. Yeah. And then, uh, we What's finally got a like? morphine. I mean, no. <laughs> what's it like to be process it? Well, you overdosed. probably don't, like I don't remember. Said, you don't know. I, yeah. I remember like moments and I'm saying like right. probably half of it is verbal memory. Like someone clicks, told me about yeah. it and I, yeah. I, I see mm. moments or I remember a smell or a taste or mm. something. Um, so then I got admitted into a room finally and, and I needed drains. I needed ostomy supplies, all of this. And I told the nurse, like, please call someone. They were giving me, um, I believe it's amlodipine. So it's a bite and swallow to drop your blood pressure. Blood pressure is not going down. It's at this point, it's like 180 over 200, like levels that you're at risk of like severe aneurysm, seizures, et cetera. And the nurse comes into my room and they're busy and I get it. And 12 hour shifts are exhausting. I, I totally get it. But, uh, she goes, I'm really busy. I can't deal with you right now. And my mom went off and my mom's just like, she needs help. Like she needs this stuff. This isn't something we're not asking for like a Kleenex. We're asking Mm. for medical supplies that are a necessity. And before the nurse left the room, I went into full shock and arrest and the whole nine. And did that nurse immediately go, ah, shit. I don't know. I wasn't there. uh, I fucked up. So is this something that you, you like, well, I know we're not in the States, but like, is that something that you looked at afterwards and we're like, well, I'm going to, I got to like legally, I got to do something about that, you know? Or? So I am very fortunate. I'm going to say this again. I've never really been in major emergency situations like that. That's one of my first, I've never even been in an ambulance to give you guys an idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, we, I mean, not many people have, but with the with, amount of issues yeah. that you have, that's, that is pretty impressive. I think impressive, I, attest, I, I also live downtown. So like if there's ever an emergency, you hop in a cab or yeah. your parents drive you or I've been in an ambulance. See, so yeah. cool. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. know what to do. I'd be like, Hey guys, uh, yeah. no, you can't start an IV. I, I do that. Thanks. I don't really remember it. I just got uh, a bill in the mail. Uh, <laughs> it's like 40 bucks or 60 bucks, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Much more than that. Yeah, it's like, like, it's like, yeah, it's like seven, upwards of $700 in some places. <laughs> yeah. Ambulances Yet are another not thing. cheap. Yeah. Like, Crazy. crazy, I know. Yeah, I was uh, I was drinking and uh, <laughs> drank a lot and uh, oh, dude, too too much drinkies. Yeah, and my body wasn't, my organs weren't processing it and, and releasing it fast enough. So then I had to get my stomach pumped. And was yeah. it your really your organs' fault? <laughs> Did you get lots of charcoal? I don't remember anything. <laughs> charcoal, charcoal is yeah, the way probably, to go. Yeah. Charcoal absorbs I remember getting a tetanus shot when I woke up. What were yeah. you doing? Why would you need tetanus from drink? I don't know what you're doing. I was I think you fell off a roof or something. I don't know. Um, so you were you were about to say? I was asking you if you if you decide to take legal. Uh, so going back to that, right? So yeah. legal actions. I think there's always that chance to take legal actions and that opportunity. Yeah. But if I were to tell any of you today, you're in an ambulance. Are you going to sue? I think the priority comes the first priority is life. And my parents aren't looking to call a lawyer when their daughter, my mom collapsed that day. Like she was, she was freaking out. She was like holding me and crying and yelling. Like the whole hospital heard it for sure. (laughs) But you don't think about those things. But what happened to you? So I ended up in a coma for about 
a day or two, something. I don't I don't know the details of that <laughs> or I don't remember them. And and I woke up and I didn't know what had happened. So I thought I was coming out of like a CT scan or an MRI or, and I had yeah. taken a nap. So I'm like, guys, I could totally go for a BLT. <laughs> my friend and my <laughs> mom like, were in the room and they're like, she's no fine. Idea. She's fine. Yeah. She's good. She's acting normal. <laughs> Uh, but I woke up with like muscle atrophy cause I had seized and convulsed for like X amount of time. So what happened? What? No legal repercussions. Like we didn't, I didn't take any legal actions. What I should have. What happened to your body though? Like in, so what was going on? What they believe they're not sure is of those seven various situations, the drugs in my system were probably not the greatest, but it probably started with chronic fluid retention. So they ended up taking away like I think it was like five kilos of fluid from my body. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, I was holding on. That's Again, a, so when you don't produce urine and yeah. you're on dialysis, one cup of water stays in your system. Mm. So, uh, and it's like the whole weight of that water. Yeah, is. it pushes on your organs, on your lungs, on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you add drugs to that and you overdose someone on yeah. drugs. You, you get a, a nice like, cocktail. Because <laughs> like a cup of water, I mean like this one, it's absolutely full, is a couple pounds. It's like a pint of water. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that is going to make you have to pee pretty bad if you, you know. Well, they took off a few liters to give you an idea of why. Crazy. Yeah. So you said that you didn't take legal actions, yet you feel like you should have. I often question it. So yeah. the reason I think, one, legal actions take a very long time. Two, I'm still a patient there. Right. And we are very fortunate, again, going back to that, we have amazing healthcare, but in cases that are more unique and more challenging, you don't have all of the doors open. So for a doctor to take on my case can take years. Right. Uh, when I left Sick Kids, I went from this like very unique space that specializes in challenging cases and, and everyone's under one roof to then being referred to one doctor who then says, oh, let's try referring you to someone else because I can't take you on. And then to someone else and mm-hmm. to someone else. And then you have 10 specialists at 10 different hospitals. And if someone takes you on, that's huge. And mm-hmm. typically in my case, I've had very senior medical professionals take me on. But mm-hmm. um, to find that successful doctor again, someone who's willing to face that challenge and not be afraid of it, but also be willing to treat it with respect and keeping that dignity and everything yeah. is hard. Yeah. What do you do? Uh, so I work at Sick Kids. <laughs> oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah. So um, my passion lies in fundraising, and I was with them in fundraising, but then an opportunity for permanent came up, so I'm doing that now at just clerk work. Cool. Yeah. Uh, did you permanent? <laughs> That's did the key. you did you get a uh, kids wish? I did. I got a wish when I was younger. Yeah. Oh, was, oh yeah. Let's talk well, about what did you do. I was the lamest kid. <clears throat> oh, ever. I doubt it. <laughs> I got my room decorated. Whoa. Oh, that's, that's, a, bad. That's, a, that's a contender. But that's a contender. But, that's pretty bad. Hold on, wait. With that, I Martha Stewart also, decorated it. Well, yeah, no, it went better. That's huge. My mom, Marcela, <laughs> uh, went to IKEA and decorated it. Oh, it was great. Oh my gosh. Um, no, so that was my my dream. My first wish was denied. Uh, oh, well, what was my that? wish was to meet the royal family, but at the time, Princess Diana had recently died, so oh, they were doing a hold off on that. That would have been a cool one. But it, they could have made it happen. Yeah, yeah they otherwise. would have made it. Yeah. So how do you go Dude, from fuck. meeting meeting the royal family to having your room decorated? Well, it's a major step. Down. Being a frequent flyer, you connect, you you make connections, and you you collect frequent flyer miles at the hospital. I don't know if you know this as no. a patient. You, you make connections. Yeah. You, you make friends with people. Yeah. So um, with uh, I was part of Starlight. So similar to Make-A-Wish, Starlight also does the wishes. Okay, Um, cool. They got in touch with me because they knew I was a patient advocate and I did all kinds of stuff at a really young age. I started doing motivational speaking and all kinds of stuff when I was like nine. So they said, hey, we want to send some kids to Disney World. You want to go? 
Are you fucking kidding me? You got a second chance? No, that was like the first of. Uh, (laughs) So September 10th, if we all know September 11th. Oh. September 10th. no. Magna lent us his private jet, Stronach from Magna Enterprises. Who's that? Yeah. You guys, really, as men, you don't know this? No. Magna Enterprises? Magna is like car manufacturers and all this stuff. Is he like Stark? Stronach is like a Belinda Stronach. No? Big deal, no. Huge deal. So... Multi-millionaire. Yeah, multi- well, he's got a private jet. Sounds he's like doing all right. He goes, we're going to give all the kids money too. And Both we're going to send them shopping in Disney World and pay for everything and send them in this private jet. Sweet. So me and like six kids get on a private jet with like two volunteers and we get... Oh, wait, how old are you? You're, oh, I was so you're like, a young kid. I was point. like 12. Okay, so you're still young. Okay, oh, so I, I thought it. For some reason, I thought we were talking, you were like an adult now and they were giving you no, a second No, no, no. So they're going, okay, yeah, yeah get so in this like, jet. Yeah. Here's some money. Here's some, here's... Your parents can leave you at this airport. Dude, you have no a private jet, whatever. Fucking way. I we can't. arrive in the afternoon, September 10th. September 11th. No. War breaks loose, obviously. The twin towers yeah. collapse, the whole nine. They block us from everything. I, on oh, the news, it was like no. Starlight Kids stranded, <clears throat> Disney World, blah, blah, blah. We had no clue. We weren't allowed to watch the news or anything. So mom calls. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, Maria Jose. Hi, mom. What are you doing? <laughs> Um, oh my god mom you won't even believe what happened two planes crashed everyone's fine Disney's locked down for us we get to have breakfast with all the celebrities and all of this and all you guys were there yeah we were in Disney World and we couldn't leave so So everyone that lives in the states left but all the employees stayed so we're like breakfast with Winnie the Pooh oh my god princess castle adventure did they run the rides and shit everything fuck (laughs) off that's so sweet it was under lockdown so we had no clue and my mom's like oh my god like she's like they're going to die <laughs> like just very simple they're like going, they're dead they're can go you do the rest of the interview with the, <laughs> oh you with should he, accent? my both my parents have great accents and they don't think they have an accent when they hear this they're gonna kill me absolutely kill me so you i did, love them you, both so you had this uh i mean you know september 11th was, was awful however because of september 11th you had the most badass amazing like that's amazing so we ended up staying because we were supposed to stay like a week we only stayed like four days or something like that it's fine we flew back again on a private jet first plane out of the states out other than i think it was like the bin laden family and then us right in a private jet jesus christ that's crazy so no clue whatsoever none zero um and then a few years later children's miracle network i was involved with them through sick kids and they said hey we're having our annual conference massive it's like fifty thousand people you want to come and take part do you want a third wish yeah essentially so they're like we're this flying you and your parents bullshit. this time this is bullshit i am so angry right now <laughs> do you know Frequent what Jer- flyer miles. do you know what jerry's wish was oh dear god to go to disney world no oh. no i, I <laughs> did well, you get your room renovated at, at, no because at first i was like oh you had a wish too and you're like yeah i got my room renovated and and at, in that moment i was like yes someone else had a someone had has a, a shittier wish than I did because I, mean, I fucked my wish up. Let me ask you this. Your are, wish? Do you, have you, uh, are you um, familiar with the infamous Halifax shopping center? No, dear God. No. <laughs> Is it a plaza? It's comparison to <laughs> Mall of the Emirates in Dubai. No, it's not. No. <laughs> it is it's not like Quickie Mart? <laughs> Pretty much. The highlight of the mall is like Banana Republic. <laughs> <laughs> you got a shopping spree. I had a shopping spree. <laughs> 
That was my next option. If bedroom fell out, I was like shopping. shopping. And I hate malls. So shopping shopping, shopping in Toronto would be a lot, a lot better. Than, yeah, but uh, I don't shopping. like malls. So you can imagine what that would have been like. It I, like bring all this stuff. No, I, I thought I was good. I thought I was like, finally, someone fucked up worse than me. And then you're like, yeah, but then but I got two other chances. But, but she, but, but they weren't shop, my wish, though. But yeah, shopping, sure. Shopping sure, sure. spree was yeah. was her backup so yeah it's still not that good <laughs> her home home redecoration wasn't even as i got a loft bunk room. bed let's just talk about this loft bunk bed tv underneath it was pretty badass Sofa i mean yeah it up. is pretty badass to have like a, a my room was also like a hundred square like i couldn't sit in my bunk bed it was fine though i loved it so what was the what was the third one? The the It wasn't really a wish. Again, the other two weren't wishes, but uh we went to the CMN conference and they're like, We're gonna fly your parents with you too. It's amazing, great. Where was it? Pardon? Where was the conference? Disney World. Oh, get <laughs> the fuck out of here. But uh, apparently I'm not allowed to go back because on the flight they go, Bush has just announced war on the Middle East. Oh my god, Everything's dude. What the on fuck? It's like all of the major events yeah, in the world. Like, you're just not allowed to go back to the States. Or... You're you're just not allowed. Specifically Disney World, because every time I go it's like the war has started yeah. across the universe. So, so you're the you catalyst. Eat breakfast again with Mickey Mouse. Yeah, we did all of that. But on top of that, it was like the conference. So they have like, um, there's a place called uh, what's Adventure Island or something, something Island, and it's yeah. like for adults. My dad had the greatest oh, yeah. time. He was like, I danced, I sing, I this, I that. He's like, it was amazing. I love it. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Well, I just want to say, if there's anybody out there listening who has the ability to uh, give me a second chance at my wish, uh, please do, because uh, I, I was feeling real good there for a second until MJ dropped the... You're technically living like a second wish. Uh, yeah, I kind of am. Yeah, that's true. I think like, that we could probably make it happen. We can make show. it happen, though. God damn it. I just... I, a fucking shopping spree, Jeremy. Come on. What did you buy? Uh, like a jacket and a discman. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I think Jeremy would be I really happy like, with? I would have been like, I want new shoes. Jeremy would be happy with like just an expenses paid trip for us to go to an, a new city. Right? Yeah. That's a wish that you yeah. have, right? Yeah, so anybody sure. out there who wants to make that happen for Jeremy... <laughs> for Jeremy... <laughs> Taylor, but, but for the love, do of that. course, we would come and uh, just and, for support. And a private yeah. jet would wouldn't be a bad thing. I either. love how this episode. If you guys actually knew pitching, who Meg, like Magna listeners. and Shrunk was, that could have been done. Yeah, but I think you guys get at us, bud. Any billionaires out there? Yeah. Elon Musk, if you're listening, yeah. All I want is a Tesla. That's uh, it. We love you. We really we support. Anyway, we, okay, raining in. Yeah, we do have to. We do have to wrap it up um, uh, in a moment. Uh, is there is there anything that we haven't touched on that? Man, this was this has been a fucking great conversation. Is there <laughs> Anything yeah. that you there that you, we haven't touched on that you really would like to to throw out there to, to the I listeners? would please do. I would love to share that anyone facing any challenges, be them medical, emotional, physical, social, like anything, mm-hmm. I, social. <laughs> I made up a word. It so, sounded social. Think, if yeah. you owned social. it, I would have been with you. I would have yeah, been fine. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. Um, <laughs> I think you have to you have to face it and be proud of that journey you're facing. And it is going to be hard, no matter what it is. I think health is hard. Life is hard. That's life the reality hard. of it. Yeah. But you really have to take it in stride and, and be proud and, and know that you are in a place, be it here or another country, where if someone's willing to help you with health care, that is amazing. Yeah. 
That's absolutely amazing. And I think we're so fortunate. Any type of surgery, any type of drugs or treatments you have, you're alive and that is a gift in itself. And I say that every day. I mean, the drugs I'm on, I hate them every morning. I'm like, God, here's another 30 pounds, more or less, Mm. um, or side effects or whatever. But I'm alive. What more? Like we live in a city where, in a place where everyone tries to help someone and everyone's like, I want to do this with my life. You're alive. The end. Like, that's Mm. it. That's the gift. That's it. Boom. That's amazing. I fucking love your vibrancy. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Showering. It it literally, yeah, right? It took me out (laughs) of my... Shampoo and soap. It lifted me out of my hangover. Uh, I'm feeling a lot better than I did an hour ago. Uh, MJ, thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me and thank you for what you do. It's truly amazing and I wish you all the best and maybe you'll get your wish. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Thank you all so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, We'll be back next week with another fun, fun conversation. Uh, And hey... Do us a huge favor. I mean, if, you, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna help me with my second wish, in the very least, take one minute. Go to iTunes, give us a rating review. and a review. Like subscribe every time, and uh, and check us out. We're on we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. Uh, we're always putting up really f- silly, stupid shit. Uh, it makes us laugh, so maybe it'll make you laugh too. That's it for today. I'm Brian. I'm Taylor, and I'm Jeremy, and this is Sip Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.